Welcome to the John of All Trades Podcast, episode 275, last show of the year of 2020. I'm your host, John X. Thank you for joining us. Glad to have you back once again. And man, 2020 finally coming to a close. I'm off next week. I'm going to spend it with my wife. I'm going to spend it with my kids. I'm going to relax, enjoy the time between Christmas and New Year's, and just reset a little bit. I hope you're able to do the same. Because good God, what a year. And when I say that, I mean two different things. One, first of all, as I just broadly gesture kind of at everything as I look out the window, that was 2020, right? Jesus. But on the other hand, 2020 was probably the best year of my show I've ever had. The growth has been tremendous. The content has been off the charts. And if there's one benefit to COVID, it's if you're a podcaster, suddenly everyone's available. Anyone you want to talk to is stuck in their house, and they're looking for a change in energy. So I provide that. I talked about so much of my favorite stuff this year. Baseball, professional wrestling, punk rock, craft beer, indie filmmaking, podcasting, which is the subject of this week's show. Returning to the show for the second time, I've got Kevin Batstone and Arthur Ra from the Discussion Combustion podcast. Now, I did their show earlier this year. Had a great time doing it. And I thought to myself, I'm like, it would be nice to do kind of a hangout show. Like, let's just chat. Let's just whatever comes up. Let's do that. I was able to do that on their show. I talked about everything from my perfect morning in Portland, Oregon, to we talked about NASCAR tracks. We did a few would you rathers. We drank some beers. We had a lovely time. It was a terrific show. Like 11,000 people or something saw it on YouTube. Now, my intent was to mimic that here. I can't do that. That's not the type of show I do here. And I ended up asking him a bunch of pointy questions. That's what I do here. I love talking to people whose work I admire, whose work I appreciate, whose stuff I just plain enjoy, and then asking them weird questions about it. That's something I didn't necessarily realize about myself until I was halfway into this show. And I'm asking him these weird questions about, hey, what happens if you get approached by a sponsor and you have to sell out? Like, (laughs) they just came off getting nominated for like three or four different awards at the Hoppies, which is an award show put on by House of Pod. They were up for every category in which they were eligible. And I decided to take that opportunity and be like, hey, what happens if you guys suddenly have to sell out? What am I doing? Like, why do I do that? I'm not entirely sure, but I know it's the type of show I enjoy listening to. And it's just about the only show I know how to create in this format. It's been nearly seven years since I started this show. Seven years. This is episode number 275. I have more than that. If you count the first job series, I have a lot more than that. That's a lot of time spent talking into a microphone. And it's amazing to think that I'm not done yet. Because like always, you'll hear me bring this up. I thought about quitting this show. It was right before the pandemic hit. I put the show on hiatus for a little while. We were all locked in our homes. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not doing my silly little podcast. But I'm like, wait a minute. No, this is when I should do the podcast the most. This is when people need it the most. Let's talk about things that bring us joy. Let's talk about things that we like. Let's put some positive energy into the world. Now, granted, yes, I ask very pointed questions. 
but I'm trying to get to deeper truth. I'm trying to figure out how we know ourselves, how we know each other, how we relate to each other, how we make the world a better place. All that shit really matters to me. And in 2020, I think that's what we owe to each other. Let's have these conversations. Let's get to know each other better. Let's not necessarily put each other on the spot, but let's challenge what we take for granted. And that's kind of what I did with Art and Kevin. And they were really good sports about it. I mean, they put on a great show. Discussion Combustion is terrific. It's really fun to listen to. It's even more fun to be a guest on. I can tell you that. It's great going in the basement, drinking beers, talking about whatever. It's phenomenal. It's no wonder they found success. And they're only on year two. They celebrate their second anniversary coming up here, I think, in a couple of months. What these guys are going to do in the future, I'm just happy that I get to be associated with them. They told me that they look up to me, which I say at the end of this episode, is both very flattering and makes me feel old as shit. But you stick around anywhere long enough, and people will go, oh, wow, that guy's been doing it a long time. He's kind of a thing in the scene. It's hard for me to consider myself that way, but when people give you a compliment or people give you feedback, take it. Right? Don't just deny it. Don't say, no, that's not me. That's bullshit. Blah, 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 blah. Right? Nothing like that. To hell with that. Thank you. You know what? That means something to me. The fact that you guys look up to me, shit. I'm just trying to do my best. And the fact that you find it meaningful, that really means something to me. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And that goes for you listening to this show. There is no show without you. I mean that sincerely. I could sit here and just do this. And if no one listened to it, what's the point? But the fact that you are here, the fact that you enjoy what I say, the fact that you engage with this show in any meaningful way whatsoever, I cannot express my gratitude to you. So to end 2020 on a positive note, I'm going to do two things. There's a plug coming, so get ready. But the first one is to say thank you to you, the listener. If you've listened to every show this year, if this is your first time, it doesn't matter to me. The fact that you're here now means something to me. So thank you. Again, this show doesn't exist without you. And secondly, I got to pay some love to my sponsor. Because seriously, the fact that I have this sponsor means that the road in front of this show is just much easier. It's filled with less obstacles, less potholes, and it allows me to do what I do with a clear mind and an understanding that the roadblocks that exist for others do not exist for me. So, four degrees, the number four, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S, is the sponsor of the John of All Trades podcast. And anything you're doing online, no matter what kind of business you're in, or maybe you're running some sort of campaign, 4 Degrees can help you do that better. They will not only build you a killer website, they will help you get your message right, ensure that you're being as targeted as you possibly can be, and then they'll help you find the audience for that message. The people who need to see and hear your message the most, 4 Degrees is genius at getting that message in front of them. So whether you're doing online advertising, social media marketing, Communicating online in virtually any way whatsoever, 4 Degrees will help you optimize that. Don't go anywhere else if you need to undertake these types of projects. You can find them at 4 Degrees, the number 4, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. Love them. Love having them as a sponsor. Can't wait to continue working with them in 2021. Now then, that's enough talking for me. This is a long freaking intro. But it's the last show of the year, so we need something maybe to tide us over until I come back in January. When that is, I'm not entirely sure, but it won't be long. I promise you that. It's time for episode 275. Arthur Raw, Kevin Batstone from Discussion Combustion Podcast have returned. We have a great chat. It's a wonderful way to close out the year. And their episode starts 
right now. Wow. We did we did not, but we were nominated in every every category we were eligible for. So that's yeah. pretty cool. That is cool, man. All right. So fresh off the House of Pod Hoppy Awards Discussion Combustion Podcast in the house. Once again, this is your second tour of duty here on my show, and I think this is the fourth time we've all gotten together to chat. Yeah, this is our fourth go-around, second time on your show. Thanks for having us back, man. Yeah, man. Kevin Batstone, Arthur Raw, you guys do amazing work. You've grown the show remarkably over the last, good God, how long has it been now? Since uh, It's almost two years. We, we opened it up in February 19, and uh, we're coming in strong on that. So we're almost two years. Yep. Okay, and you were shut down for a bit during Corona, right? Early days? Seven weeks. Yeah, yeah, seven weeks, March through April, you know, being that we shoot with guests and stuff. We didn't yeah. take the Zoom option um, and just decided to take some time off from that and uh, kind of regroup. When you came back, because I found I took off for a couple of weeks, but then I realized all of a sudden once I got a handle on Zoom and how to do these like via video, like my guests opened up a ton. And I don't think I've ever had a better year of my show. And I think that's probably true of you guys, too. You're only two years in. This is I'm approaching my seventh, which is madness. But... Coming back from Corona, how did the show go? Like, how, how were things um, as people came in, you know, in the midst of this pandemic? Well, we certainly did our part with trying to keep, uh, you know, safety measures in mind. You know, we're, we're spaced out pretty good here in the studio. Obviously, the sanitizer, you remember when you oh, got yeah. here, it was, you know. Smells like shitty tequila. Smells like shitty tequila. handful of that. <laughs> so, I remember that. You know, between trying to stay safe and then that was number one. And then number two, finding guests that... We're comfortable. With we're that. actually comfortable with coming into you know someone's house, and so we had people in close close proximity to us. The homeowner came through. You know, we kind of just strung up a couple guests in the meantime. Yeah, and and we always practice you know all the social distancing stuff, wearing masks in public when we're out. So we're COVID conscious and get tested regularly. Yeah, so that's I mean it, it's something that we got to work through, but it's definitely created more opportunities and uh you know people. I mean, we're just happy to have them come on and chat with us. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, dude, I mean, you're, and your show has grown remarkably. When you guys started, you know, it's always interesting when you go back and look at the early shows. Like, when I started my show, I'd go back and look at, like, first 20 episodes. I'm like, nice. Like, 16 people listen to this show. <laughs> um, and then, you know, you grow it, like, one brick at a time. And now you guys go to your YouTube numbers. And I think the show I was on did, like, 14,000 views or something. Yeah, that's, that's incredible, that was, man. Yeah, that's a good one. We, we have great listeners out there. Uh, I, I feel really fortunate that we have all the platforms. Video definitely helped. Um, but our audio has also been steadily increasing with it as well. So it's pretty, it's, it is pretty amazing to reach that, you know, just chit chatting and we, it's a platform now. And it wasn't like that when we first came on. It was just a baby. Yeah. <laughs> and going, going over to YouTube really kind of changed the game too, because it's, it, it creates, you know, twice the work, number one, when we shoot yeah. and post edit, because now we're sending an audio file to an RSS feed and then we have a video upload to do on another platform. You know, just it just kind of adds some layers to it. But it's it's paid off tremendously. Would you say it's video that really leveled you guys up? I think yeah. that's what took it to the next level. The equipment, for sure, the, how, how serious we're taking it, yeah. our excitement for it, it. It changed a lot of aspects for us. Because yeah, it just, what's so funny to me about your guys' show is generally i'm not a fan of filmed radio shows like it's just not my thing you know like do you remember back in the late 90s early 2000s stern would be on e all the time mm-hmm. and like i'd watch Great that stuff. I, no it wasn't <laughs> like that's where i'll disagree <laughs> with you i'm like why is this on all the time and like you know even everything on espn from like mike and mike in the morning to like 
know, Dan Patrick on like Fox Sports. I just don't like watching radio shows. But here's the thing. You guys actually create some dynamism with it, which is remarkable to me. And Kevin, you're working the switcher live. So you're almost like live oh, editing yeah. it while he's it's a cowboy. Going. Yeah, that that right there makes it a lot easier. If it came out of a situation where we would have to edit every single camera angle at the end of the show, I don't think I would take that route with video. <laughs> yeah, it would be so, so hard. I would be doing that. Or if, or if it case. were if it were one static shot too. Like if if it's just one shot and it's people talking, that's like security camera footage. Sure. Yeah. Like that's sure. that's death to watch. But the way yeah, you guys it do is. it I think is really really good. And so like Kevin, how Thanks, long did man. it you, Yeah, of course, man. Um how long did it take you to get good at that? Um well, I mean, that's a compliment you're saying I'm good at it and I appreciate that. I still learn every week that I'm here, you know, running this board. If you go back and look at some of our older episodes on YouTube when we first got it, we camera angles were high, you could actually see me working the board, which kind of <laughs> didn't have a great look, but it's kind of funny to see how we've evolved since then. Yeah. Um I would say I learn every week little tricks, you know, and just how to stay comfortable and, and cut cameras and trying to keep track in my mind muscle memory what camera is on who while also maintaining a conversation. I, I, I would say after four episodes, Kevin had that thing handled. You know, the muscle memory was developed at that point, and it's been, it's been, he's, he rides that, he rides the Roland well, I would say. Great equipment. Yeah. yeah. It's funny to me because, you know, I got a history of blogging. We talked about it on your show a couple of times. Like, I, I've been on the internet now in some former fashion as a public, semi-public figure, you know, like Z-grade kind of like known person <laughs> yeah. for like 20 years. <laughs> um, but you guys... I can't recall seeing any like presence that you had before this. Take, tell me again, like what compelled you to start this? Like what, what was your motivator? Because people always ask me, they're like, you know, I have an idea for a podcast and I go, well, it's great. You have an idea. Just start doing it. Um, but you guys have a taken this leap and now grown it and built it into something like really special that was nominated for every award that it was eligible for at Denver's House of Pod. So take me through that journey. Like why start it? And then what do you attribute the growth to? Well, I mean, going back to when we started this thing, I was twisting Arthur's arm for about, I don't know, four or five months. Like, yeah. we should start a podcast, you know, because him and I would have great conversations all the time. And I didn't, I didn't know anything about – Kevin knew about podcasting. I didn't know anything about podcasting. And he was like, yeah, man, we just need to record it. And we, we both had uh, – we both wanted to do music in the past, so we like to entertain. We like to create content. It's, it, it feels good to us. Um, so, it, you know, it was something that we could scratch that itch with and – and then once we started doing it, the first couple episodes were kind of messy and unorganized. We didn't really know what it was. And it um, it slowly evolved as time happened. And I think it's when we came up with our mission statement was when we really figured out, like, okay, we know what we're doing with this. What's the mission yeah, I mean, statement? A, so the mission statement is, uh, you know, to be critical, loving, and accepting of all and uh, have great conversations with any and everybody. Nice. Mm. All right. Yeah. Solid mission statement. Yeah. Super so simple. with that in place, you know, we kind of had an idea and that's when we started reaching out to the Denver scene. We got in touch with House of Pod. Uh, we sat down with Paul Caroli. He introduced us to you. You know, we told that story on, yeah. on our episode oh, yeah. here. You, you were a huge step. We, we felt like you were like a, a huge part of of the growth of, of discussion combustion, you know, because we looked up to what you were doing. We we saw your success and 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 we were inspired by you, man. And so, yeah, the House of Pod stuff, uh, meeting them, meeting you. And then getting in touch with our sponsors just by the, the sake of selling, selling stuff or whatever. Um, we, we got really fortunate and made great connections off the bat and, 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 and good in, people to be inspired by. Yeah. I think that's underrated because it's easy to get yourself in a silo 
and just be like, like, put your head down, do work. I, I tend to be guilty of that. But you guys actually went out and built like your community just like one piece at a time. Like, hey, who else is in the scene? Let's be friendly with them. Like, and here's the thing. Yeah. Have you ever met other podcasters who are like cutthroat and shitty? Yes. <clears throat> yeah. It's fucked up, right? You go, why? Like, what's the point, dude? Because like, they're, like you're not going to be taking listeners from like one show to another. That That's yeah. absurd. Like, it's such mm-hmm. a big universe that the idea that we're competitors is insane to me. Like, why can't we all just help each other? Yeah, and that's one thing I will say coming from a little bit of a music background, and Arthur, too, I'm sure can attest on this, is the level of, of competitiveness and, um, you know, a lot of cold shoulders in the music industry with yeah. people that are maybe not willing to help you, have no interest in promoting your content. I, I will say that generally speaking in the podcasting community, people are um, a lot more open. You know, you're sharing stories, you're making friends. Obviously, you know, we've been friends with you now for over a year. So it, it's been a much more pleasant experience in the podcasting world than, than playing music. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, there's a couple people out there that, you know, but for the most part, it's been very open arms. People are, you know, want to give good criticism and, and want to, like you said, there's there's so many listeners. We're not take. there's room for everybody in this industry. Well, dude, I mean, your show, like at its long, what's the longest show you guys have ever done? Uh, hour 40 something. Hour 45, somewhere in there. Okay, that's out of someone's week, an hour and 40 minutes. Like the idea that someone can't be a fan of two podcasts is always just <laughs> fucking bizarre to me. Like that is such a short amount of time in someone's week. But I, the other thing I want to note that you guys do is consistency. You guys are out there every single week. I'm not even out there every week anymore, but I used to be. Here's the thing. Like when you start training your audience that you're not going to be there every week, they're going to go, oh, okay, well then I'll just check in on this. What, you know, whatever I'll skip a week. Then it becomes two weeks then it becomes a month. But when you guys do it every week, it's like, okay, I know on Wednesday, this is going to be here. How hard is that schedule to maintain for you guys? Well, it's it's something that we 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 have to do because we we to be successful, we feel that there's three things that are needed and that's to be consistent, to have good quality and have good content. So if you could we call it the CCQ, if if you could do all of those three things, um then then we'll be successful and you know, yes, yeah, some some Wednesdays I don't want to come over here and record and it's a little tough, but you know, once we actually sit down, get back into the energy, it you know, it's just part of the routine now, and it, feel, it feels good every single week. When I leave, I feel good. Absolutely. I mean, we've had to move our schedules around to make it work. You know, guest accommodations, maybe they can make it on a Monday, but not a Wednesday. Uh, but I think it really clicked for us the most when we, uh, a Friday rolled around one week, and we had one of our most loyal listeners send us a message like, what, where's the episode? You know, yeah. we're waiting for it. <laughs> and so I was like, we can't miss any more weeks. Yeah, you know? no, it has to drop on Thursday. Yeah. Like, Dude, what a, what yeah. a, like, that's the best kind of, like, email criticism you're ever going to get. Hey, where's the episode? Where's the content? And you go, oh shit! Like, yeah. <laughs> people actually care about this thing that I've made, which yeah. is which yeah. is always so flattering, isn't it? Yeah, and, and just that little bit of motivation kind of helps. Like, okay, we know where we have to be Wednesday nights, and we're here. Yeah, and I I appreciate the platform, you know, because uh, I've talked about struggles with addiction on here. Kevin's talked about some of his issues too, and. It's therapy. It, and, and it gives us an opportunity, though, to be real and for people to, to listen that, hey, it's okay if you struggle. It's okay if you're going through hard times. And um, I, I feel like we've touched, you know, a couple people at least a couple times over the period of doing this. And I feel like that's a win. Like, we, we've already succeeded if, if we've positively influenced somebody's thought process. Absolutely. Dude, it's funny, too, because 
I've been on the internet long enough now, so like you can go on my site, and it's not a long walk to find stories of me cranking hog. It's in service of infertility. But like having a story about you jerking off just like on the internet is a weird thing to have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like in context. So you're talking about addiction. You guys are sharing things like really personal to you. I had one of my guests when he died, I re-released his episode with a new intro. Like mm-hmm. he, he had pancreatic cancer. And so like what I decided to do was re-record the intro just like with whatever I was feeling as soon as I learned that. And it's me for like 19 minutes, just like kind of stream of consciousness and on and off, just sobbing my fucking eyes out. When you do that, A, what kind of feedback do you get? And B, like, how does that feel once you've reeled something that generally you don't talk about with small groups, but you've all of a sudden released it on this public forum? I mean, you know, if, if I, I don't know specifically about the feedback, you know, because I, I don't hear too much about that, Kevin handles a lot of of the multimedia stuff and I haven't heard anything specific about the addiction thing, but it it, it feels good to be honest, you know, because we can all try to put our our best face forward and, and, you know, put on the facade. But if we're not being honest with ourselves, then, you know, how true are we, you know? And so doing it, doing it on, on here holds me accountable. You know, it makes me want to not slip up again. It makes me want to be better because I, I see the growth and yeah, it's just kind of holds your feet to the fire yeah. a little bit. And we have had a lot of feedback where people say, you know, that, uh, that helped me stay sober for another day or something like that, you know, because they're, they're sharing that experience. And I think that's what we try to capture most is real experiences, real emotions. We, we've cried on the show. We've gotten mad on the show. We've gotten drunk on the show. Yeah. It's very John, real. You and I were tearing up. You guys up were tearing up. I mean, it's beautiful. <laughs> what, yeah. What were we talking about? I don't even remember. <laughs> I forget. Um, I, I forget what it was, but I think it was, it was somewhere around the lines when you gave advice of scroll to the bottom of your <laughs> yeah. text and mess. And I did that and it was fantastic. I had a great conversation with, with that individual and uh, it was something like that. Yeah, like the beauty in that is really something. I remember for a while you guys were, I don't want to say, this is an unfair characterization, but you guys are willing to indulge some conspiracy theories and at least talk through them and like give some credence to that. We live in a time where conspiracy theories are rampant. And like for me, some of that is is nice, easy shorthand to like that someone's a dipshit, okay? Like if anyone refers to a mask as a face diaper, it's like, <laughs> have, have you ever heard that? Yeah, no, I've, I've heard a lot of things uh, in this past year. Yeah, it is one of them. And and so you go, okay, well, that's perfect. You seem like someone I don't necessarily need to take seriously then. Does yeah. it ever concern you, like, just because we have so many conspiracy theories out there that if you give them a platform, even if you're kind of talking about them, just let – like, you're giving people enough rope to kind of hang themselves with it. But does it ever worry you that as your audience grows, there's responsibility there to kind of – Bend toward the truth. Is, is there anything like that going through your guys' heads? Yeah, I think we've been presented with that a few times. Um, and, and one thing, whenever we kind of go off the rails or if there's conspiracies or if we try to make any sort of scientific claims on our show, we always give a disclaimer. Like, we don't know what we're talking about. Okay. Yeah. We're not experts. <laughs> you know, we're not trying to come off as like, take what we're saying as fact. So even when we have dabbled with some conspiracy stuff, I think it just goes back to our motto of, of just being accepting of anybody's beliefs. And, and you can say what you want on this platform doesn't necessarily mean I believe yeah. that or Arthur believes that. But yeah, I, I get where that could be a slippery slope. You know, I, I, I could see that too, you know, and um, I, I think I'm the culprit, John, of this whole <laughs> conspiracy thing, because like it, I, it's kind of fun to think about. Like, it's kind of ridiculous. But um, to, to answer your question, 
Uh, I 100% want to lean people toward factual stuff. Like, you know, and, and, and when we talk about it, I feel like we present it in a way where, you know, well, what if this and this, like, we're just kind of having fun with it. But I would, I would be down to actually talk to a serious conspiracy guy. And, and you know, people are going to believe what they believe. And it's, it's I don't know, it's, it's just kind of funny. Sure. I, I kind of get exhausted by it myself. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, there's... Sometimes it's fun. Like my favorite harmless conspiracy theory is that Stevie Wonder isn't actually blind. Um, yeah. Have you ever heard that I've one? Heard that one. Yeah, heard that there's one. that one, and that Tupac's still alive, and yeah, right. Man, if Tupac <laughs> were still alive and he's not making music, then I'm pissed. Yeah, yeah. because yeah. Like, Tupac was one of my favorites, dude. Like Tupac was phenomenal. Oh, um, absolutely. That's what I grew up on, man. Was and it, his his presentation and the lyrics that he used, the stories he told, man. No one's done it like that since, you know. Yeah, I, I'll go on record in the Biggie versus Tupac kind of manufactured thing, uh, and I'll I want your guys' take on this. I take Tupac all day, every single day. Biggie yeah. like had some good rhymes and some good hooks, but man, like I tend to overrate delivery, and Tupac was just like a machine gun, and he was phenomenal and fierce too. And the amount of content he was putting out too in such a short amount of time, dude. No joke. Yeah, I'm 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 Team Westside Pac. Yeah. And I grew up. I grew up on the East Coast, so for for us, it was kind of Biggie Nation over there. Yeah. But I got to give credit when credit's due. If it comes down to you know, would you rather kind of scenario, Biggie Tupac, I'm gonna have to take Pac. <laughs> well, yeah, I got to flip the script on you guys, right? Of course, because that's, that's what we do here. Uh, but that's right. but Biggie's thing for me, like he, you can tell, like Patton Oswalt has a bit about someone who's letter B fat. Like they say the the letter B, and you can tell they're fat. Like if you're talking to him on the phone. It's like, <laughs> I bought it for Belinda's birthday. Like, that kind of thing. You listen to yeah. Biggie and you go, man, you are just really, really obese. And this is like labored sounding. Oh, uh, yeah. He was yeah. a large man. Oh. He was a large man. Oh. Well, <laughs> <laughs> is he doing that or does he have like heart arrhythmia? Uh, yeah. that's like, uh, <laughs> no, We might never know. But yeah, he was a large man. You look at him and uh, was that hypnotized in that video? He's taken up half the Learjet, you know? <laughs> Yeah, it's like uh, some of you need extra fuel on that one. Some of you bitches got to move to the back for weight and balance. (laughs) (laughs) Like your entourage needs to go to the back. Have you ever been on a flight where they have to like adjust the weight and balance? Um, and I had, no, I've never, never seen that. No. Oh wow, it's weird because and was it a big plane? No, no, man. It's like when you fly in the small ones, like to Grand Junction or to Aspen. Oh yeah, those ones give me a lot of anxiety. Yeah, my wife too. Um, yeah, I don't like small planes. You can hear the material the plane's made out of. You feel every little bump. I mean, it's terrible. Dude, okay, so worst flight I've ever been on, and I'm going to ask you guys the same question, but I'll go first. Worst flight I've ever been on was from Grand Junction to Denver. That flight is 50 minutes. Um, that's it. It's on this tiny plane, but we hit turbulence. The flight attendant did not collect the service items, and oh, great. I was hungover as balls because I saw Daniel Tosh and Kyle Kinane the night before uh, with, like, some client or some uh, contractors. I was the client there and they took me out and we all got just faced, but I was wearing, uh, <clears throat> I was wearing sandals. And when I got off, my feet were like a pool of sweat in the sandals. And I was like tearing the fabric off the armrest. It was the worst. And I'm a good flyer, dude. Like I, I don't get flight anxiety. This one put me on my ass and it took me about a full day to fully feel like I got my land legs back under me. 
Wow. Damn, yeah. I've never had anything that rough. I've been on some rough ones, and I was also hungover on my flight, and that's never a good time to fly. I'll tell you that. (laughs) And I always seem to put myself in that situation when I have to be on an early flight. I don't learn my lessons, John. And I remember I was coming back from Phoenix, Arizona after a NASCAR race. You know, I was getting rowdy down there with the Uh gun-toting cowboys. And uh, so we were hitting some turbulence on the way back, and I actually had the oxygen mask come down on my plane. Oh, no, really? Yeah, but they said it wasn't as a result of the cabin pressure change. It was a glitch in the system. They pretty much told us that right off offhand, but, man, that, yeah. that was alarming. Yeah, that would be very nerve-wracking. I, both your stories are better than mine. I've, I've had some turbulent, turbulent flights, but once when we were flying Denver to Houston, um, the landing in Houston got really, really rocky, and there was some major crosswinds. So, you know, the plane's, like, coming in at, at a weird angle. Oh, that and feels, then, and, yeah. it, and, it, and it was also, like, doing the horizontal like the the pl- the wings were opposite and like a seesaw or something and mm-hmm. and then they landed it and did a great job but it was like a scary landing because you it was rocking like a boat or something yeah. man it was have you guys yeah. ever been on a plane that did a touch and go where you land and then for whatever reason you have to take off again yeah that happened to me once in chicago midway i believe they had mm-hmm. to do that and they circled back around took another 20 minutes by the time we actually landed yeah and you go what the hell is like and i we didn't find out why they never tell you why um uh, but that happened to me in denver and the, the touch and go you're like oh thank god we're on the ground <laughs> nope yeah yeah it's a huge tease for sure i'm surprised that happened to you in denver being that it's got one of the longest runways in the country yeah, must have just not set the angle up right i wonder what the reasons are for that like you know not enough runway like what you're saying or or maybe the brakes. Uh, who knows? Yeah, yeah. So okay, uh, back to your show. Like, I want to. Mm-hmm. I'm curious about this. First of all, Kevin, I want to tell you, like, the two times I was on your show, the first time, or I'm sorry, the second time, it feels like you let the riffs breathe a little bit better. Like the first one, I could tell you were keeping questions in your head, and this is obviously just host to host. This is a lot of inside baseball. Sure, but I could tell you you didn't want to lose your train of thought that with the next question that you had, and so like riffs would kind of hit a brick wall when we were doing them. On the second one, you're much more comfortable as a host because you got a lot more at bats under your belt, and so I felt like we flowed a lot better. Um, can you tell me about like your growth and evolution as a host? And Art, feel free to chime in here too because um, Kevin is doing a lot of the kind of thankless like exposition and heavy lifting, and we talked about that on my show last time. And Art, you get to be like, you get to snipe in a little bit more. But Kevin, have you felt that growth as a host? Yeah, I think, you know, going back to telling our story again, when we got hooked up with you and then had you on our show that first time, it was still so new that we were just at that point starting to break out and have different guests on that we'd never met before. Mm-hmm. And yeah. oh, know, that's a different that, feeling, isn't it? Like, that's a, all of yeah, us, yeah you, you've got to get in a rhythm with someone you've never met before. And that's like, that takes some doing. You're absolutely right. Yeah, that, that was the biggest learning curve for me. And I think being a little bit of an overthinker and, and, you know, taking advice that I heard along the way about when you do an interview, you know, study that person, go in with as much knowledge as you can. And I don't think I hold myself to any of those standards now. I just, like I said, I just show up on Wednesdays. Nothing's pre-scripted other than ad reads. And we just have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. But do, yeah, you, I mean, do, the, you, do you feel like you could do an interview with just about anyone at this point? I think that I would... I'm much more confident now doing that than I was then. I mean, we've still had some pretty big caliber guys come through the studio that I get a little bit rattled for, but just sure. like, it, and just like when we played music, it's like, as soon as it begins, that all goes away, you know, and you're, <laughs> you're in the zone. Right. Right. What about you? I, I, I always just, I look at it more like a conversation, you know, like, uh, I want to get to know these people instead, instead of an interview, like, yeah, I have questions, but that's because I'm interested in who you are as an individual 
And, you know, I'd love it if you could share who you are with the, with the listeners. And um, so that's always kind of been my take with it. And, and I mean, we have a great Kevin and I like back and forth, different personalities. So I feel like the chemistry works well between us. And um, it's, it, it's just, it's made it really easy to talk to people because one of us will always pick it up or, yeah. you know, has something new and interesting to say. It's, it, and, you know, between the two, because if it was just me sitting here, like I would definitely hit some dead spots talking to people. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it'd probably be the same if it was just Kev, you know, and I mean, yeah. it, it's hard being a solo host, you know, because you don't have anyone to lean on. So kudos to you and for, for sticking up the hustle. Yeah, absolutely. Well, dude, I mean, the thing about that is uh, I'll tell you, I've done now 275 plus episodes. And one thing that I do and like I, I don't normally talk about this, but. Um, if I'm interviewing a guest that's been interviewed a lot, like an athlete or a musician or someone of public prominence, someone who's like done a lot of interviews, they're going to come in with some skepticism like right away because like, who the hell am I? I'm just some dipshit podcaster. But <laughs> like, here's the thing. I always come correct on those interviews. So for interviews where people haven't been uh, or where they have been interviewed a lot, I do a lot of prep and like I listen to other interviews they've done and if I, here's a trick that I do. If I see something in an interview or I hear an interview where I feel like the interviewer missed a chance for them to build on an answer that they gave, I will reference that subject and then mm. say, here's where I'm interested in you expanding on this point. You said this. What did you mean by this? Or when you say this, this also leads me to X, Y, and Z. And so when I do that, these people go, okay, no, this person actually knows what they're talking about. And, yeah. and they're interested, like, they're not going to ask me the same rote bullshit that everyone else asks that hasn't prepped. So that's smart. It, it sticks out for sure when, when prep doesn't take place. And I think as we've gone along, we've had a lot more scenarios come up um, where we've, you know, just kind of figure out what works. And I think one of it is just sticking to the fact that, you know, going back to our name discussion, combustion is, is it's just a conversation, you know, and, and whatever's going to happen is going to happen. I mean, we definitely like to hit on the points. And, and make sure that they are able to advertise or talk about what it is right. that they do, you know, to give them a, a you know an opportunity to soapbox a little bit. Guest is the star. Guest is the star <clears throat> of the and, show. And they're the pillar for sure. Well, dude, and the hard thing about that is too, when you're doing that, like you have to, and I, I hope guests appreciate this. This is like an, an underrated, uncomfortable thing you have to do as a host when you ask a guest something that they've answered a hundred times, but it's because your audience is different and they may not know the guest to the extent that you do. So like you have to find an interesting way to get some of the stuff, some of the prerequisite stuff out before you can get to some of the other stuff, because you, you almost have to build those blocks as you're doing yeah. an interview. So it's like, okay, no, you, you got to do some of this and then we're going to get to the interesting stuff. So like how you balance that is super interesting and not always the easiest thing to do. Yeah. And it's not the same every time, you know, it's, it's as much as we want to try to, okay, this, you know, A, B, C, D block kind of thing. Um, for me, I just didn't find that was the most effective way. So yeah. it, it really, it really depends on the guests too, because people open up differently and, and we both have a strong sales background. So we both, you know, try our best to mimic how, what, what makes them comfortable, you know, and you're feeling that out. They come in, chill for a little bit. You kind of get them comfortable and then, you know, give them the spiel and then, all right, you're ready to start recording. And hopefully by that time, your, your conversation is already kind of clicking. 
Well, and, and to add to that, too, we use alcohol quite a bit on this show, as you can recall, John. So we're usually drinking with our guests, which is always kind of a, you know, get loose feeling before we start yeah, that recording. Helps. And that helps a lot, to be quite honest. Oh, dude, strap in for when Avi shows up, because... Uh, oh, okay. He's, uh, he's, I, think, I think we have him scheduled again. Yeah, he's on the 30th yeah. on our show. Yeah, no, he told me, because uh, I went and saw him this week. I was visiting with him just... Like by by the way of things, and he told me he got rescheduled. Like he had to bail out because of COVID, but no, he's he's ready for it. So you, you guys nice. you guys will be ready for him. It's uh, I, I'm excited for how that's going to go because you you two and he are charming in three very different ways. And so like the way that energy is going to interplay, I think is going to be fascinating. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I mean, especially since you referred them, we, like I said, we kind of look up to you, man. So we're like, oh, thank you. Yeah, send you us know, some good we, guests we, we our really way. appreciate that. Yeah, we're looking forward to that too. I'll make sure the, you know, the beers are frosted down and we'll be ready to rip tater chip. Well, I, I, I think he's, uh, I think he's going to show up, uh, with a different idea than beers. So, um, oh, okay. Okay. So, <laughs> que- question for you guys. I have guests on here who have been involved in issues of controversy or issues of heat. How do you guys approach asking uncomfortable questions? Like there are questions that people want to know that you got to ask mm-hmm. that you know might either make your guest uncomfortable or even outright angry at having to talk about it. So how do you confront difficult issues? Your show is called Discussion Combustion. That strikes me as having like a bent of, of being able to talk about virtually anything. And that you guys have that in your mission too. So how do you approach yeah. difficult topics? Well, you know, I was going to mention the, 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 the mission statement, which is, you know, be critical about things, which, which means that, you know, we, we're allowed to ask questions. We're allowed to, to figure it out, but also be, you know, respectful and loving. So, you know, as long as we, we have good intention in our heart and even if we don't agree with their opinion, you know, we're still going to treat them with respect and give them a platform to talk about it. And, um, I, I don't generally get uncomfortable, uh, you know, if there's tension in a room, like I, I'm fine with that. So my, my energy is generally pretty good is so that will hopefully make whoever is speaking more comfortable to speak freely, you, you know, and, and everybody has their own difference in opinion. And we realize that. So we're not afraid to hear about that, you know, even if we don't agree. Sure. Yeah, no, and fair, fair enough. Hold on, Kevin. Are yep. like, are you willing to push a guest though? Like, if they say something that is just really far afield, um, th- like there are times where people kind of need to be challenged because if you let kind of a weird or bad opinion go unchallenged, then it's almost yeah. like you're tacitly endorsing it. I, and I agree with that as well. Um, I'm not going to name the, the episode or guest, but they did have some ideals, like religious ideals that I didn't quite agree with. And I asked some tougher questions on that just to be like, you know, but what about this part of that? And, you know, how about this? And um, we didn't get too much further into the conversation. It kind of, you know, fizzled out a little bit. And, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's okay to push it a little bit, but I haven't done that maybe to the same extent you have in the past. Kevin, what about you? How do you feel about that? You know, I think fortunately we, we haven't been in a lot of scenarios where there's only been a couple of scenarios where we've had an opportunity to, do we want to keep digging on this and keep, you know, pushing and, and prying for more info um, generally we just don't get backed into corners. I'd say like that. Now we did have a, an instance where we were not able to launch an episode. Uh, mm-hmm. we recorded all, an entire shoot with the guest, you know, it was great content. And then, uh, you know, alcohol being involved or the guest had way too much of it and oh. said, 
really walk back everything at the end, you know, about things he didn't want to be out in the air. He had litigation going on. So we just decided to shit can the whole episode. Wow. I'd say that was probably, you know, really the first time where it was like, man, we're going to have to not release content and dealing with a controversial situation. Yeah. He was all like, uh, after we recorded and and this was before video. So I was doing all the mixing on the computer. It was tedious. And, um, (laughs) tell me about it. and he, yeah, he's all like, hey, oh, you got to cut that part. And we're like going through the entire episode. He's like, oh, you got to cut. And I'm like, Scott, you know what you came here for, man. Like, why, why? Like, yeah, and, yeah. and I kind of, I got to, and Kevin's like, well, are, are, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, so I was getting frustrated. Yeah. Um, it's different scenarios every week. I had a guest take a flamethrower to her previous employer. And before the episode oh. was released, she like, she's like, I said some stuff that I don't think. I can back up necessarily. It was all speculation on my part. And I'm like, look, that really ain't my problem. You said this, but after some back and forth against my better judgment, I actually went back and cleaned it up. Like to the extent where I took out, I think what she targeted as the most offensive stuff, but it was still in there. Like all this terrible stuff that she said about her previous employer. And I didn't feel good about that. And I remember thinking, I'm like, never again. Like, that's why I ask people right up front before yep. we do an episode. I'm like, is there anything you don't want to talk about? And we, we started doing that after that episode, too. Yep. And, and now we have a non-disclosure form people sign when they come in here. Yeah, we have a release you form know? that we just started working in. You know, right, so we right. can't be, you know, any sort of litigation for defamation and things of that nature. Basically, you're consenting to everything you say. Yeah, consent form, yeah. Dude, it's crazy as you level up, like how much more complex it gets, isn't it? Uh, starting to see those layers, man, because, again, it, it's... Everything in this business, uh, literally, still learning as we go, yeah. and just trying different scenarios, and it's it's it, new challenges every week, and paperwork, and just keeping track of everything. Mm. So you guys have sponsors, you have thousands of views on YouTube, you guys are getting, you're, you're leveling up this show, and you're growing it like the way anyone would want to. How close are you? And is this even a goal of yours? How close are you to making this your living, or is that still pretty uh, far off? So, so that's, that's phase three. We're in phase two right now. Um, maybe that's phase three or four. I think phase you three guys, is actually Wait, you guys have different... phases? Yeah, yeah. We, had, we do. Phase one was audio. Phase yeah. two is video. Okay. Yeah. And then phase three is getting studio space. And then I think phase four is going full-time. Or those, full-time. Can, those can those flip-flop or be, be in the fine. same. But we, we anticipate within the next two to three years, if we keep pushing, keep grinding the CCQ, you know, we keep doing that. Then within two or three years, we'd like to make this our full-time income. Wow. So two or three years, you're looking at doing that. That's the goal. That's the goal as it sits right now. And, and you know, with some of the projections we have with being monetized and some sponsorship, um, it's, it's, it is doable um, as long as we keep on this trajectory that we're on now and keep the momentum rolling. I think it's absolutely obtainable in the next few years. And that's just a testament of what this business is and where it's headed, podcasting in general, the entertainment community. You know, being video gives us a lot of opportunities to do different things. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's very well possible. I don't think we're going to get extremely wealthy doing this, but I think we could make enough to to sustain an income. Yeah, I mean that's that's the dream of every content provider. It's the joke I always make. It's like it's like you were gonna. I'm sorry. It said it sounded like you were gonna pay me for doing Wayne's World, right? <laughs> do you remember in the in Wayne's World when like Rob Lowe shows up with the checks? And it's like for five thousand bucks each. It's like, well, we were going to do this anyway, but now we're getting paid for it. So that's insane so the fact that you guys are close is remarkable here's another question what if someone came with an acquisition idea and said we want to put you under our network like let's say joe rogan just got picked up by spotify right 
you guys are not in that same universe. He has millions and millions of people every single day. But if someone wants to acquire it and put it under their umbrella, how do you feel about that? So we've we've talked about this. Um, we it really depends on what the offer is and and all of the the, the little side notes. You know, are they going to try to control content, all this other stuff? Because when it comes down to it, we 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 control this. This is our baby, and we we split it fifty fifty, and we go in together. And and nobody else has a say in that. And so it really just depends on that. I, I honestly think we would like to keep it open for every listening platform and everybody to hear it anywhere. That that's our, our number one goal, and it would have to be a really really good offer for us to consider. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's hard to say what would happen, you know, if that scenario presented itself, you know, if, if one platform said, hey, we'd like you to go exclusive with us, you know, until we're presented that, it's hard to say what we would do. But, you know, as it sits now, at any moment, YouTube could tell us to kick rocks. I mean, it's, yeah. we're <laughs> right. on their platform, you know, and, and at that time, and that's why people are moving to different platforms that offer video content. Uh, and there's a lot of platforms that will probably grow along the way. But uh, the likeliness of, of that happening, you know, it's, it's possible, I think. You know, that we, you can get an offer from like an iHeartRadio or someone like that. But uh, I would like to think, you know, because I always said in the music business, I don't want to be under a record label, anything like that. Obviously, that's where you make it. But I would rather be, you know, relatively poor and enjoying my content, yeah. have the freedom and creativity to do what we do than to sell out and be, you know, you got to meet X, Y and Z to be on our network. Yeah. Well, dude, it's funny to me because like a bunch of shows I like will get picked up by like podcast networks. It doesn't limit them on platforms. But all of a sudden, the show that I enjoyed like there's a bunch of shitty ads for other shows that I'm never going to listen to. Mm-hmm. Or there's like live reads for, uh, I think you guys do a really nice job with your live reads and you're obviously like partnering up with companies that you believe in. So like I have one sponsor, I believe in them. It's a good friend of mine. He's been with me from the beginning, covers all my costs. I break, I break even on the show and that's what I need my show to do. Now, mm-hmm. like I'm not out there like pursuing every sponsorship that I'm looking for. Uh, I'm not looking for any, but you guys like have integrated with, for instance, Mountain Maid. It's clear that you believe in their product. So the ad reads come off very sort of uh, organic. You know, you compare that against a bunch of other shows where it sounds like they're basically like driving by in a car and reading the signs on every shitty hmm. store in a strip mall. Yeah. Right. And so I'm, cur- I'm curious about that. Like there's a chance to monetize this through other networks. How much are you guys willing to compromise your content to achieve your goal of actually making this your living? I don't want to compromise it at all. I mean, I feel like what we're doing is, is is we're having fun every single week, and that's the essence. Like, I don't want to lose the essence of enjoying this. And so the second that, you know, people start telling us how to do or what to do, how we want to, then, you know, it's going to lose its flavor. And absolutely, we we love our sponsors, man. We believe in that. And I, we are humbled that they give us the freedom to talk about their companies and that they trust us enough to talk about their companies how we want to. Yeah, we got extremely fortunate when we met both of these guys, you know, to give us the freedom. Because when you listen to 90% of podcasts, they're, they have a piece of paper in front of them, like you said, and they're just <laughs> reading a billboard, you know, or they just don't even care about it. You can tell, you know, they mess up the, the promo codes. And, and that's the other thing is we decided to not do those, you know, the promo code no type promos. reads. It, it just seems, for one, we don't want the show to turn into nothing but commercials because that yeah. also people get irritated with, you know. So uh, I think we're really fortunate to work with great Colorado companies that give us the freedom to talk about their company and do uh, you know do great great work together it's it's a tough question though because there there will be offers that come in 
that you really have to think hard about. Like, how do we integrate this? How do we incorporate other sponsors if they're approaching us? Like, because you guys have uh, a product that is attractive. Anyone who cultivates an audience is going to, like, advertisers will find you over time. And so then it comes to you to determine that. And the other thing I'll bring up is if that's uncomfortable, are you guys cool? Are you comfortable with this just being kind of a, a hobby that makes you a, a side hustle amount of money? I'm totally okay with that. Yeah. Like I said, I would rather, you know, be able to keep total freedom and control of my time and my content and what I want to do and, and have the interactions I have with the people we have than to sell out. I, I, it's something I've always really promised myself young is if I ever made it as a musician or in the podcast, well, whatever, I want to do it because it's me and not influenced by anybody else. I would like to give those people a counter offer, you know, or wants to negotiate. Yeah. yeah, If they're like, if they're like throwing us, you know, all the stipulations, I'm going to give them some stipulations and see if they really want to work together. Like how bad do they want us to promote them? Cause I feel like we could be some of the best ad readers in the game. And like, if, if you give us the freedom to do that, then we will make your, your product look great, especially if we believe in it. That's one thing. I, I won't ever want to sponsor that. I don't believe in the product. You know, that's, yeah. I don't want to, I don't want yep. to do that average. No. So no. let's say something you don't like the baby seal clubbers of America, right? Okay. Let's say that's a trade association that actually exists. I'm sure it isn't. I hope it isn't. Good Christ. Baby seal clubbers. <laughs> no, ba- ba- baby seal clubbers. Oh, I like, you know, I was, clubbers and blubbers, they're clubbing them for the blubber. Yeah. <laughs> you are good at, at live reads. That's perfect. Um, clubbing for the blubbing. Uh, <laughs> Come get some loving. <laughs> you, you guys are pros, man. Let's say they show up with a Godfather offer, though. How does that, like, how does the calculus play out in your head, man? Like, let's, let's say they, they show up and they go, we want to sponsor you for more money than you ever thought you would get on this show. Mm-hmm. Man, how does that calculus play out in your head? That'd be a pivotal moment, I think. That would really question yeah. my character. And, and again, I think it would be contingent on what what are we signing? What are the rules here? How mm-hmm. much do we? How much you know skin do we have in the game? That do we, we have believe to compromise? in it? Do we yeah, believe in the yeah. product? I do think there's a lot of things there, so it's it's really hard to say how I would react in that scenario. Yeah, we, we would mow it over, and as well, we would do have a nice long conversation about it, and yeah. and try to you know pick up what what are the benefits here. You know, what are the risks? You know, we try to, we really do try to think over every step before we take it. And, and that way, you know, cause two heads are better than one, man. <laughs> you guys, uh, have your own version of would you rather? I have my own insane hypotheticals that I like to throw at you. Okay. Um, but I mean, so that's one of them. Like it, yeah. it's always crazy to think about that that is a possibility. Like you never yeah. know where the next big thing is going to come from. If you told someone, that in like 1995, the guy who played the janitor on news radio was going to get hundreds of millions of dollars from Spotify to put his show exclusively on that platform. You'd go, really, that guy? Like, I think I've seen his stand-up. He's funny enough on news radio, does some UFC on the side, but all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, many, many years later, he's going to Mm -hmm. be the biggest podcaster in America. That's madness. You never know where it's going to come from. So it's always worth a conversation true. to me. That's true. And, and yeah, it's, good, it's good to think about. Yeah, it's good. It's good to think about these questions because you know anything that anything that could potentially make you think about your morality or or you know the, your stance on your content. Like you know what? Because we we created this for our listeners. Like we we want to include everybody. We want them to feel like they're sitting at the table with two best friends having a conversation. 
And, um, you know, if anything were to jeopardize that, you know, it would, it would be concerning. And that, like you said, you would listen to some shows and it's not the same show. Yeah. You know, that you used to like, I don't know. Yeah. Once, once the content starts to be compromised, I think that's when, you know, viewers either lose respect or lose interest, you know? And, and I think that even in those scenarios, you know, a hundred million dollar deal, I think you're still going to have those scenarios play out where maybe people say, well, I don't like that platform. I'm not going to give them any of my time and money, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's weird. I'm old. So, um, I've been, I, I've <laughs> never been on Spotify in my life. Um, there you go. Like literally just uh, that's, that's a platform that totally passed me by. People are like, oh, no, like, help me contribute to the Spotify playlist. And I'm like, I don't have an account. I've never logged into this even once. So it's just weird. Kevin, you brought up something about selling out, which I thought was really interesting, because that's like a very 90s thing. You you know, like selling out now, I don't think means what it meant in, say, like the 80s, especially the 90s, and even the early 2000s. Now it's almost like, hey, get as much money as you can because there's less opportunities out there. So sure. like, where, do, where does that come from for you? You know, I think it's, I think it's just, you know, being that I grew up in the eighties and nineties, maybe some of that was instilled in me and, and hanging around older musicians and kind of, you know, adapting that mindset of, of, uh, you know, grinding your way, earning it on your own, you know, and, and maybe it was programmed early on and it was conditioned into me that if you do take, you know, something for money and compromise who you are, it's kind of selling out like the Hollywood stuff and, you're right, though. I mean, 2020, it, it is a lot different, you know, a lot of different ways to make money. And one of those ways is is, is uh, through, you know, content creation and YouTube videos and stuff like that. So I could just be talking out of my ass, too. Maybe I'm just a good <laughs> talker and I'm going to do the complete opposite of everything I just told you. <laughs> well, it's uh, it reminds me of something. And this is a terrible thing for a sports owner to say about one of his employees and his player. But when Ro- when Jose Reyes signed with the Miami Marlins, the owner was on the record saying, yeah, Jose Reyes really wants to be a Marlin. You've heard him say that, right? Like, I'm happy to be a Marlin. I really want to be a Marlin. Yeah, he wants to be a Marlin as long as we paid him $1 more than everyone else was offering. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. Like, so I, I get what's happening here. And you never know, man. Like, there, there are times where I think to myself, yeah, it would be easier if someone just backed the money truck up on my driveway <laughs> and like, you know, you just throw your ideals out the window. Like there's there's almost like a fantasy element to that because like your decision just becomes easier that way. The hard thing is staying true to yourself and still grinding this thing out a, like brick by brick, step by step. I'm I'm prepared. I'm fully prepared for the long, hard road, man. Your money doesn't mean nothing to me. Like I, money's not buying happiness for me. Like it's not doing anything but helping me pay my bills and stuff, you know, and just keeping afloat. Like, so I can't, I'm not going to be bought, you know, it would be, it would be tempting. And, and, you know, I say that now and then wait until something happens, you know, see how I act then. But like deep down, like, you know, sell, you know, sell, why you selling out for something fake printed money? You know, it's like, I'm not, I'm going to, I'm going to ruin and chip away my character over, over a deal. Like give me a new deal. That's, yeah. that's how I feel. Yeah, let's negotiate. You know, here, here's what we, you know, here's what we want from you. You know, we know what we can do for you. So mm-hmm. here's here's the deal, and I think that's how it has to be laid out. But money talks. Money can change people. You know, it can manipulate yeah. the scenario, and it really would just be a contingent situation. You never know, man. And so the only reason I ask is because you guys are clearly on the ascent. When we talked, you were so early on. You were uh, podcasting babes in the woods. Um, (laughs) and now here, here we are like two years later, you're up for awards in every single category that you're nominated for. You have tens of thousands 
of views on YouTube. And I mean, 2021, who knows what's going to happen? You know, we're, we're, let's go. For me, I'm optimistic about the year to come. Like, <clears throat> I think a change in tone and a change in approach in terms of federal leadership might do us all good where we're not being dominated in terms of consciousness in having to think about who our federal leadership is in the way that we have been previously. We've got a vaccine on the horizon. We've got a lot of different things approaching in 2021 that makes me go, okay, I am cautiously optimistic about the year. And I think we're all going to be better than we were in 2020. At least that's my hope. How are you guys feeling about 2021 for yourselves? And how are you feeling about it for the show? I think 2021 is going to be a terrific year. You know, I think we all learned how to dig down and fight through struggles in 2020. You know, everybody was dealing with something, you know, illnesses, layoffs, furloughs, financial woes, and we're all in it together. You know, we all went through a terrible year. And I mean, yeah, we're changing the calendar, but, you know, the energy still changes with it. And it gives us an opportunity to start fresh and, and leave some of the things behind. And, yeah, you're right. It's coinciding with new leadership. A, a vaccine's going to be coming. So there's hope on the horizon for yeah. sure, which I think is a morale boost for a lot of people. And for us, it's just going to be business as usual. You know, keep grinding. Keep enjoying our time. Keep putting out episodes. And uh, ride the wave. You know, I'm ready to ride the wave and, and hope for, for brighter times. Hell, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to just really being the best me, man. Because I've had a lot of, um, you know, my 20s, everyone makes mistakes in their 20s. And, and you know, I, I made a lot and I, I've been digging myself out of this hole. 2020 has actually been a, 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 one of my best years. I was able, you know, to, to get a better paying job, start paying off my debts. I got my credit back, back where it kind of used to be. And, and um, I'm getting my feedback underneath myself. And I, I, I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm starting to work out again and, and get my health right and, just treat myself better. So I'm starting 2021 off with dry January. I just want to do that for myself. And um, I, I feel like it's just going to be a, a fantastic year f- for me personally. But I'm, I'm also really excited for, for humanity too, because um, I feel like humanity in 2020 has come together more than we've ever seen because we're all in this together. We're all doing the pandemic together. And with these protests and, and humans across the globe, we're protesting the same event and yeah, I, I feel like it's been a, a, a year to bring people together and, and hopefully moving forward, people keep some of those same values and and build a better world out of it, you know? It's been a pretty divisive year, a lot of tension out there for sure, you know, and it's easy to get wrapped up on that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's negative, just a lot of negativity. We've talked a lot about it on this show about what social media has done, you know, friendships being compromised, families, you know, not wanting to have Thanksgiving together. You know, obviously there's CDC reasons for that, but people that don't even want to see each other because of a difference of opinion. Mm, And, uh, you know, I'm I'm optimistic that 2021 we can level the playing field a little bit and get people talking again and interacting that maybe don't have the same beliefs. It's okay to disagree, you know, and do it respectfully and still drink a beer and hang out the next day. I mean, it's 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 terrible to see how many friendships have been ruined this this past year with with the negativity and tension that's out there. Well, dude, I love spending time with those I don't necessarily agree with, and I don't feel like enough people do that. That is therapeutic because it, it's an evolved mind that can entertain a thought without having to adopt it. Like, if you can just see someone else's point of view and just put yourself in their shoes for one second, even if you don't change your own view, you're going to change the way you view your opposition, and you're going to view them with empathy and with love and with care. And if you can do that, man, we're all doing better work. And so 
one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you to wrap up 2020, this is my last show of the year, is because I feel like your show does that. I feel like my show does that. And at the end of the day, what we're trying to do is get to a better place as people through conversation. And as much as we can do that, man, like we're doing good work. So my hat is off to you guys. I salute you. And I, I want you to grow, to continue to evolve the show and do great things in 2021. So uh, my hat's off to you guys. Yeah, right back at you, John. Uh, you know, I try and tune into your show every week. You know, obviously we're all busy. I, you know, great content. I love listening to uh, your podcast. I always have. You know, we've certainly looked up to you since we stepped foot into the Colorado podcasting community. And uh, I, I think we're like-minded that way with, with uh, challenging ourselves with people of different beliefs and wanting to sit down and chat with them. And that's going to keep us creating content. You know, both John of All Trades and Discussion Combustion aren't going anywhere. And we're ready to bring in the new year, baby. Absolutely. And I, I love how you challenge people. I've noticed that in just our conversations, you know, you've disagreed with me in the past. You've disagreed with Kevin. And But the, the power to that is is it's not it's not a disagreement. It's not an argument. It's necessary. It, I'm going to stay with an open mind. And when, when people do that, it, it helps you get out of your own box. So I, I appreciate you for doing that. I bet you other people appreciate you for doing that too, man. And, um, yeah, th- thank you so much for, for the kind words because coming from you, like we've, we've said you were an inspiration kind of for us, you know, we looked up to you in this Colorado community for podcasting and, and to, to hear the accolades come from you, it's like coming from Papa, you know, we're like, oh, man. <laughs> well, uh, I'm at once flattered and also feel old as shit. But, <laughs> but, you know, by way, like, some of it is just outlasting people, man, because, like, doing this, when you create a show, and this is the underrated thing about creating a show, and you guys know this, you have basically built your own monster that eats and never gets full. And so you are constantly feeding that monster and there like it never ever ends and unless you enjoy that process you'll never keep it up i think that's a great analogy and a great way to word it because that monster's hungry we're gonna feed it (laughs) yeah you got to all right here's the time on the show when we do plugs uh where can people find you guys discussion combustion hit them with the hit them with the info yeah you can find us just about everywhere guys discussioncombustion.com join the discussion over there send us your would you rathers weekly get involved with the show um, any social media platform that you have, Twitter at DCPC Podcast, Instagram at Discussion Combustion, uh, Facebook at Discussion Combustion. Join us on Patreon for some bonus content, DCPC Patreon. Absolutely. We get a little silly on there and, and do some bonus content. Um, if you want to buy some merchandise, we're on Teespring as well at DCPC. Get yourself a hat or a shirt. Uh, discussion Combustion at gmail.com. Direct links. Uh, we're happy to be in your ears. Awesome. All right. Well, anytime you guys will have me, I'm happy to come back. I'll talk to you guys. I love doing your style of show. I only know how to do my style of show, so I'm going to ask you pointy questions. That's the way it's going to go. But uh, I adore your guys' work. Congrats on the nominations. Although we didn't get across the finish line, you didn't get any wins. Congrats on the nominations at the Hoppies. And thank God 2020 is over. And here's to a great 2021. I wish you guys continued success. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Right back at you, John. Happy New Year. Thanks for uh, spending a little time with us. I certainly enjoyed it. Absolute pleasure, man. That'll do it for episode 275 of the John of All Trades podcast. Big thanks to Art and Kevin from the Discussion Combustion podcast. They left you a bunch of links there at the end. So be sure to head over to johnofalltrades.us, check out the companion blog piece, and stay up with DCPC podcast all the ways that they encourage you to. You can also find it in the show notes. 
Whether you're listening on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or any of a billion other podcatchers, all of those links. The John of All Trades podcast is a production of Deft Communications. Check out Deft on the web, D-E-F-T-C-O-M dot U-S. That's my business. That's my parent company. The John of All Trades podcast is the flagship show. I also produce three others. So... If you have an idea for a podcast, I can help you get it off the ground. I can help you execute it, and I can help you take it to the stars. I've never said that phrase in my life, but hey, we're here. Let's go with it. I also do traditional types of PR, public outreach, and communications training. So whether you're talking in front of a camera to the media, whether you're talking in front of your employees, or whether you need to make a TED Talk style presentation, I got you covered. D-E-F-T-C-O-M dot U-S. John of All Trades podcast is on social media, J-O-A-T pod across platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Pinterest, and Instagram. Facebook is the only place for exclusive episode previews. Those go up on Mondays. New episodes drop on Wednesdays. Again, that's it for me. 2020, great year in the podcast and the books. Tough year in virtually every other metric. I hope you have a happy holiday season. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And until I hear you again, say goodnight, Gracie. That's good, Johnny.